You will sleep better than you have ever slept. You've never been this relaxed. Are you ready to change your life? I'm Rusty Diamond, certified hypnotist. You shouldn't. You don't need to leave your house. You can stay in your bed. You can stay in your favorite chair. You just need a computer or your phone. You can get a hold of me. Stay at home. I'll make your life better. Hypnosisisgrade.com It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man. Oh, Miss Rusty, what is up, everyone? It is Sunday, doing a Sunday show today. Uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I think I have a good number of shows coming up this week. I think I probably have, I don't know. If I'm not going to be, if it's not my show, I'm on other people's shows. I'm going to look at this, actually, and I will tell you what is coming up here. So tomorrow I have a show here on the public access podcast on the rusty diamond podcast network uh yeah podcast tomorrow morning and then tuesday i have a podcast here tomorrow morning or on tuesday morning wednesday is open right now thursday's open friday i have a podcast with this uh saturday podcast with this sunday podcast with this monday Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Look at that. Look how many shows that is coming up. You guys are getting a show like every day for the next a week and a half. I don't know, almost two weeks. Almost every day. We'll see how that works. Maybe there'll be some no-shows. I hope not, but you never know. But someone who's not a no-show, and I had on recently, but... I was having a weird day, so it didn't turn out quite how I wanted it to turn out. And I felt like I didn't get to have the full experience and get to enjoy my guest that I'm having on. My special guest right here, right now, back again, is Aya Hojadova. And there she is. How are you doing? I'm good, Rusty. How are you? I'm doing great. It's uh yeah, like I said, a Sunday I I have my cup of tea and it sounded good. What what kind of tea are you drinking? Black tea. Black tea? Is it just straight up black tea? Yeah. What kind what what, what kind is there? Well, there's, there's a lot. There's some there's some flavored ones and okay. some uh it's just black tea like Yep, just like tea. it black. Just not like a fruity. Yeah, I'm not a fruity drink, tea fruity, tea fruity drinker. I don't know what you'd call that. Um, okay. Well, you know, so is that 
Is that how it is with coffee then too? Coffee yes. black? No, no, no. I need a little bit of milk in there. I'll drink some latte as well. Okay. So, I need a little bit of sweet coffee. Yeah. Uh, I, I just got into the latte in this last year. Uh, and boy, those tasty. They're they're spendy. Yes. Which is, is tough. Um I need to get a machine. But I was at this place and they had a machine that would make it. Uh and you just go up and you push a button. It was uh, you know, cafe con leche, you push the button and then comes out and you get this little little cup and then I got I hooked on those. I come back here and they're like $5 for one now. And so. Yeah, it's insane how expensive coffee has gotten. Um, I usually drink the instant coffee. My brother always makes fun of me and says that's not real coffee, but whatever. I'm, I'm good with the instant coffee. There's a, yeah, I've, I've definitely had it and it's nice. So do you, do you put it uh do you like have like a tea kettle and then you put water in it or do you like yeah get throw it in the microwave with oh gosh no i would never okay. yeah i, I learned that one the microwave. time yeah don't yeah i'll, I'll tell i did it one time and that was more than enough no uh, yeah no. that was like no. 10 years ago and i was no. like what did i do yeah what did well, I, I do was it disgusting it was yeah, it was kind of disgusting. Mm. Anything in the microwave is usually yeah, kind of yeah. disgusting. Yeah. There's yeah. It's a little know. overrated. Right. Mm. And it's like growing up it was a real big thing. Uh I'm sure. The microwave and like all yeah. these like everything can be done, you know, we like technology. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Flashkey kids uh, coming home and like, oh, you can make some food and, mm -hmm. you know, you yep. go make a snack. Yeah, no, no. Um, it's been a few years. I mean, I still use microwave for some things, like if I need to melt the butter fast, you know, just oh, yeah. microwave and this is when I'm baking. But otherwise, it would really depend um, I rarely use it and I would never use it to warm up a drink. Oh my God. Or a pizza. Or a pizza. Have you tried microwave pizza? It is depressing. It's horrible. There's no good way to do it. Well, um, toast well, it. I, I, yeah. Toast it. Toast. It's the best. You yeah. have to try it. Yeah. Are you talking like in, in the oven or are you talking like, have you done it in a in a frying pan? No, I've never done it in a frying pan. Have you? Yeah, that's kind of the way to do it. If you have the patience, that's kind oh. of the way to do it. With the, uh, I have, you know what, with the pizza, where it's the, uh, uh, like, the uh, brick oven or coal baked or something like that, where it's like the kind of, like, real thin, crunchy yeah. kind of pizza. I'll put that in the microwave, uh, which is because I don't know. I feel like it gets too crunchy if I put it in the oven for too long. So I need to even it out. But then like just, yeah, I've I had pizza in the oven 
I, I like the crunchy too. And that's what kind of makes the pizza. And I can't tell you how happy I was to live, uh, you know, near New Haven. Mm -hmm. uh, that was, that was unreal. Uh, between there and New York, just getting that pizza there. I, I've been like, I am, I worked at a pizza joint, a number of pizza joints for a long time. I thought about starting a pizza joint, but then I realized that was a terrible idea. Hmm. And then I would, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to hire anybody because people who work at pizza places are not always the most reliable people. True. True. So it depends. Yeah. But I feel like a pizza, if I go to a new place, I will get cheese no matter mm -hmm. what, because then I'll try it with other stuff after that. But I always think it's a good baseline. And I like to, I feel like it can be like putting, uh, you know, lipstick on a pig or something. If you just got all these, this stuff on it, but then if the, if the crust and cheese and sauce isn't, isn't up to par, I feel like it's. That's true. It's That's missing. You build, yeah. You build your base. Good yeah point. yeah I, I do that with some other stuff too but i'm kind of blanking on what that is now but that's the one i remember right now because because hmm. gosh darn it pizza but i haven't got to find a good one well yeah it's you've only been at your new place for like a month so i guess yeah tell me about that um do you are your neighbors amish like what does that look like no, I got to go a little bit. I got to go like five minutes of a drive. I, I mean, mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do I mean, um, I haven't seen any yet. The pizza places are kind of far and few and far between here, mm -hmm. but they make up for it with other, other stuff. Their, their, their baked goods are great. Ooh. Um, they, that's what they they have going on. They got baked goods. There's a there's this place that's nearby. That's like a I don't know, maybe like a three minute drive, and they have uh, they have some donkeys and uh, chickens and nice. ducks and and yeah. Then they have like a little store where you go and you just nobody mans it. It's just. You put money in a little thing and you take money if you you need change, all cash, just go in there and get like you know, loaves of uh I think I got like an apple crisp and I got like a pumpkin loaf. Huh. Um and then they had like yeah, eggs and raw milk and stuff like mm -hmm. that. I haven't got to have raw milk, which I feel like I need to have. I don't know why I've never, I don't think I've ever had raw milk. I feel like huh, it's something well, I need to do. Well, is it known for raw milk? Is I think so. I think, hmm. I mean, like, it's supposed to be good for you. So they say it's, it's uh, uh, yeah. I don't, I'm not a milk drinker. So, like, I'll only add a little dab into my coffee, and that's the daily dose of milk okay. that I consume. On a daily basis, yeah, just a little. 
that's about where mine is too. I, I got into the other kinds of the fake milk stuff and then I got away from it because it's too much weird stuff in it. And yeah. what's the I'm weird like, milk? Like like almond milk or <laughs> you know, uh or soy Isn't milk or like Yeah, I do like soy milk. Soy milk is interesting. Yeah, it's it's it does all right i just i felt then i felt like anywhere i go like if i went and got pizza like i felt like my stomach was mm. was weak and I, I i needed to go and like get it get it strong make myself like like hey i can eat this and not have to worry about uh eating dairy because like yeah i think i was just eating all this fake fake dairy stuff and got into that whole deal and ah got away from that i i couldn't i, I i'm trying to stay away from fake terry but um but yeah and then they got pretzels uh pretzels are i mm. that's one of my that's one of my favorite things that could be something else i feel like needs to be tested plain before before mm -hmm. i can switch off and go to like a you know, cinnamon sugar one, or even even like a garlic one, but um, this might just be an all I'll talk about food for a little while. Yeah, it sounds like you're hungry. <laughs> I know. I just ate. I just ate. I just I had some uh, taco meat left over. Nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that sounds nice. Like to just have natural foods, and I keep thinking about the video that you sent me um, about where you live that's really oh, wholesome. Yeah. yeah to be able to still live like i just i can't fathom that there are people who still live like that like the amish lifestyle yeah. i can't believe that it still exists it's kind of cool and scary at the same time because i don't know what their ideology and what their mindset is right and i think it varies from place to place and apparently where where I am right now is more uh, relaxed on how traditional it is compared mm. to more up by like, I don't know, up in like the, you know, Pittsburgh, Ohio, um, all up kind of in that area is still a lot more traditional there. Like, but then they also got things like you can like I could I'm gonna try this. Like you can drive the people around because they mm -hmm. can't drive, but they hire hire people to drive them around. And so I was thinking about kind of doing that to, you know, a little something a little something extra, just gotta meet some people and hire people um, to drive you around. No, hire me to drive them around. Oh, okay. Because the Amish can't drive. Oh, so, I did not know that. Well, yeah, so they have the horse and buggy. But <laughs> if if they need to get to to work or something, they they'll hire like a van and pick up a bunch of people and take them somewhere. And that so someone else is driving, and then it's not, and they're not driving. They're just hitching a ride. That's. Uh, how do they know that these poles. services exist? Advertising, I guess. 
I think so. Yeah, advertising at the local <laughs> local stores. I saw oh. one at at the grocery store. Really? Oh, the other day. You gotta take pictures of these things, Rusty. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I need to start start doing this. Like um, you, you're you're in a whole new world that nobody's aware of, and yeah. Um, it's nice to know that local advertisement still works. You know, especially traditional marketing. I love traditional marketing. So, yeah. it, so like with that so then with you how would you if you had like if local marketing was still like a great booming thing how would you want to market yourself would you be uh you know putting flyers up places would you be doing a billboard would you be doing local tv spots uh well okay so it depends with the amish what how um like do they use phone sorry i, sound... I don't think so no, so that's they, cool. I, I I'm not sure. I, I don't. <laughs> they may use phones. They may like if they go somewhere, they can maybe use. Okay. Like a, yeah, and some of them like I think a bunch of them got not a bunch of them. I heard a, a good amount of them got in trouble during that. Uh, that like had cell phones when they did that thing where the emergency test thing went off a couple months ago. Uh -huh. And everyone got like a, a message all at once. Yeah. And so like this thing went off and they're all, they're not supposed to be having cell phones. And I was like, oh, what's that beeping? I, I don't know. That's interesting. Okay. So, so they don't have some people breaking the some, rules. Some people break the rules a little bit. The but, modern Amish. I like yeah. that. The rebels. Yeah. The rebels. Uh <laughs> Yeah. um do they watch i'm going to assume they don't watch tv either right probably not okay so then i'm going to also assume well i don't know um they have pay phones or telephone booths somewhere in the neighborhood maybe, maybe. there might be yeah or, or something like that i haven't i haven't gone on to any like property yet i don't think except for well, i guess sort of but i've been like on a property where i've looked around and kind of saw how things are going but um well the reason yeah. why i'm Go asking ahead. is thinking about how would one advertise their business within the amish community so a couple of ways i mean you can definitely do a door by door um that's the obvious one um it's actually the best one if you if you ask me um because you're building your reputation, you're building your brand, and you're building a relationship between you and the your customer. Um, but if you did not want to do that and you just wanted to do uh, full-on advertising, I would say creating like a postcard or a flyer, putting it in the telephone booth or um, yeah, payphone, and also <laughs> dropping off your flyers uh, in the businesses that they frequent and visit often so that your name and your face is on there um but again it would really how would they reach you is the question right um phone email maybe write writing a letter that's really mm -hmm. cool just i would love for my customers to write letters to me i'm just throwing it out there i love traditional marketing so yeah this just tickled my brain so <laughs> so fun. if if you had it and you were let let's say where you're living right now uh there is traditional marketing 
let's say marketing, let's say it's 1970. So mm -hmm. 50 some years ago. Yeah. How would you do your marketing? Would you go door to door and just knock on doors until everyone knows you? What are we selling is my question. Mm, I guess you'd be selling... Well, I mean, if you wanted to say you're selling your uh, real estate or your now uh, newly elected, uh, yeah. I guess we can talk about that now. We can newly talk about elected position. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, it's the 1970s. Actually, I don't know if I would love to advertise, but I wouldn't mind because. I would still choose door to door to talk to the people, build that reputation, build that one-on-one -on -one connection. Um, if I am either running for office or I am um, elected for anything. Um, so currently I just recently got elected. What is it now? Almost two weeks of being a Charleston County chair of the Libertarian Party. That has been a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, I think what I would do is really focus on flyers for sure. Um, also thinking about where and which community I really want to focus on and build my build relationships with and build my reputation with among them. Um, so yeah, really just go with that. Start with that. Uh, it, would, go ahead. What would you put on the flyer? What would I put on the flyer? Yeah. Um definitely something about freedom. Freedom, your voice and your freedom. It's all about the people. You know, like one thing, uh thank you for asking that question. I've uh, observed a lot of politicians who pretty much beg, they don't really beg, but essentially they're all they all are wanting people's attention and they want their votes obviously and one thing that they all lack or at least they're just horrible at i'm just going to say it how it is they do not prioritize the people when they communicate when they speak they're always saying uh as a as a collective or as a very surface level communication rather than really going for the heart and really going for that individual they're not really comprehending i think like it just it's it's kind of mind-boggling to me that politicians are not when they speak to somebody on the on camera they're not talking yeah. or they're not even the words that they choose it's not very individualistic. It's not individual. It's They're not thinking like, hey, I am talking to one person. They're thinking that they're needing to persuade a group of people, a big community of people, the Hispanic community or the African-American community or the single mom community, like whatever it is, they're always targeting the group. And when they're talking, it's very surface level. It's very focused on a group not necessarily the individual and i personally think it's very important if you want to make an impact if you want to make a dent in the world if you want to get a vote you have to focus on the individual because at the end of the day especially nowadays it is just you and the person on the other end who's actually listening so it is just one connection it's you 
and the person who's listening right now. So if you can communicate and process and um, translate everything, you know, from thought form into verbalization, I guess, when you're communicating and really get to the heart of that individual, you've already gained the vote. So that's one thing that I really just irks me when the politicians just say they don't speak like that. They don't speak on an individual level. They speak on the surface level. It sucks. Frustrates me. Clearly. Even with podcasts, <laughs> like talking to people, not on an individual level, on to yeah. talking to them. I mean, even within these these groups that are, are put together by someone, there's a big gap of people in these groups. It's not just, I mean, you're targeting whatever group that is. Like not every single person is going to think the same. Not every single person has the same story, yep. but it kind of ends up seeming that way. It's like, okay, well, mm-hmm. we took care of this portion of, yeah. Yeah. It feels very much like, oh, we checked this thing off the list. It's like, right. there's no such thing as that. I don't think, I don't, for me personally, I don't think people should be falling into any checkbox. Like you can't check something off a list and say, oh, I, I took care of this group of people. No, you did not. Oh, speaking of sociology, right? <laughs> My favorite topic. Um, Yeah, like you just can't. Like, yes, we have a group of people, a group like a society, but within that society, they're all individuals. They all have their own thoughts. They all have their own opinions. And like, how can you still have send your message across through that individual? in that group of people and still connect everybody while talking to that one person. It's kind of like, um, that ripple effect or a domino effect. There you go. Yeah, very much so. And what do you do with that? I mean, what, uh, you just, you're, you're casting this wide net, but you're not catching any fish. You're just, you're hoping you will. You're hoping with by, going and throwing out a bunch of stuff that like something's gonna catch but you're not catching anyone else if you are catching them you're also catching them on a very superficial level like you're saying you're not connecting connecting deep with them and i think that's that's unfortunate that's really unfortunate just to um yes but i don't know i don't know if that's what what we've come to if that's what what people can agree on is some sort of superficial talk about nothing that really matters. Just talk about stuff that's not going to ruffle any feathers. Um, Where does that really get you though? Exactly. That's a really good point. Um, It's so interesting because I do see a lot of people within my political group who are very passionate about freedom and all this crap that's happening, the political crap that's happening in this country and worldwide. And I love the passion, but it's like, can we not fight or argue or debate between each other? We're we're already in the same team. (laughs) We're in the same team. We both agree that the political political climate sucks what can we do as individuals and come together as a group to actually make some change why are we wasting energy and time right now and breath 
fighting each other, arguing and debating, try, just trying to prove a point that president or whoever um, said this and when they're doing this, like th that's not what's going to solve world peace right now or anything that's happening. What will right. solve problems is us actually coming together, strategizing, realizing our power, our individual power and uh, the power of the community and the power of our voice as a community and actually doing something about it. And that is, I wish more people actually thought about that rather than debating and saying, well, no, this politician said this and this, blah, 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 and start shitting on them. It's like, there's no point. They already made, they already showed their ass in front of their, in front of the TV. Clearly right. they're, they're very incompetent to be running for office or even being in office or whatever. And I'm not necessarily speaking at a specific person. I think, I mean, literally you can pick, pick and choose, you know, right. The buffet of people that do not qualify to be in office. And I think it really goes back to what can we do as individuals and as a community and actually do something about this because I'm tired of watching the TV. I'm tired of watching the news and seeing the circus every single day. And then in addition to the stupid circus that we have every single day, we also have a show of <laughs> that's so retarded and I'm so, I apologize excuse me but it's just so dumb to have a and it redundantly dumb to have a show to debate about what the politician said to continuously stir the pot and say well this is not what he said da, 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 and they're going back and forth for a whole hour or two maybe even an entire day for Got what to fill that 24 hour time slot yeah and i get it obviously i understand it's all about the views and the rating and stuff but like and it's really about keeping the people busy and planting those seeds within the people and it's just yeah uh, sorry i really can't no, it, no it's okay <laughs> because and there, there's so much too that we as a society can agree on and yes. be able to move forward with but it's these little tiny things that this is a line in the sand and like you're you're either with me or against me like whoa, whoa whoa hold on there's still this is like one thing but there's uh out of 100 but there's 99 other things that we're all kind of on the same thing we can all be putting our energy towards that and not this one thing that we're disagreeing about there's still a lot more that we want to do for the better of everyone yeah and like this one thing at like sure i mean it's it's important too but like you, you don't want to i you know you ostracize yourself by doing that too by and you know just end up hating everyone <laughs> yes uh, yes and like what were you guys you, you're on the same team you're all on the same team you just yeah. have a, a few different few different opinions and it's okay it's exactly okay let's let's agree opinions. to disagree that's right fine. you can't you can't anymore you there yeah. there's impossible to agree to disagree it's like well nope you can't you can't anymore not i just like yeah. this just and i don't know in the last five ten years that's really become something that's hard to explain yeah. or 
like grasp that it happened. And I don't know if there's any going back or if we there is a going back, how to go back from that. Because hmm. I feel like agreeing to disagree was just so it was okay. There there's nothing wrong with agreeing to disagree. And now it seems that, that there is. But when you say that, what do you mean like there's a problem with agreeing to disagreeing? Well, because I feel like I mean, let let's put it in I don't know. Um uh, like people that like Donald Trump or something like that. There there are people that will say, well, since you like him, like we can't even mm -hmm. be friends. Gotcha. And I, I, I've seen people doing that on both sides with whomever, like, or whatever thing that's going on. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, in, insert current topic of whatever going on. Yeah, yeah. If you don't, you don't align with me. We we can't even coexist. That's so true. I don't. I don't want to be around you. And so true. You know, it's just like one thing. One thing will just completely destroy relationships and kind of. And then you have then these people become enemies, not yeah. enemies, but like but not, not friendly. That's so true, actually. Yeah, you remind me of a couple of people that have shared their stories with me about, yep, I've cut them off because they follow Trump or I've cut them off because they support this. I'm like, okay, um, the supporting aspect of killing people, I agree, I would cut people off too. But at the same time, I think if it can come from a place of educating rather than oh, I'm going to cut you off because this is what you do and you're wrong and you start pointing fingers at somebody and instead of actually starting a conversation and unpacking and trying to really dig into why that person, that individual believes and thinks that way, that's when I think healing starts to happen, education starts to happen, people both learn. And I guess that's where the debating aspect starts as well but at the end it really does take a level of maturity and definitely a level of experience to understand that the media and everything around it is really there to divide and the fact that two individuals are arguing debating and cutting the relationship off based off of everything they've heard up to that point of the debate and cutting that relationship off like naturally let's just call it naturally even though it's not um right. like it it really does take a level of uh, maturity and again level of experience and knowledge of how the media works but you're also kind of showcasing your uh, self or exposing yourself of how easily you're manipulated based off of the media 
And that's scary to me that people are willing to cut relationships off that easily based off of the media they've consumed rather than doing their own conscious um, education and learning or at least being open-minded and just trying to hear other people's side points of view and again having healthy debates is far more healthy for an individual and then really again going back to hey i agree to disagree let's uh you know let's both be adults and realize that this media whatever media news channel you're consuming versus me all of that is all propaganda and all of that is really there to divide us and let us be conscious people and not let this division impact us boom yeah not that boom yeah (laughs) Not that hard. Come yeah, on. It, you can't even have a, a conversation. Like the conference is, I don't even want to have a conversation with that person. Like just not being able to have that conversation again when there's 99 things. That, even even if you have one thing you can agree on. I mean, I assume most people would say they want a a better future for if they have kids or for whoever the next generation is coming up, they want a better, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. I assume most people can agree on that. And the people who don't agree can probably agree to disagree on that. Yep. And I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it could literally just be one thing. And just, that's the one thing that makes these people who have their relationship for however long, just, done and i don't want to have a there's not even a point to having a conversation and i mean conversations are are where you hear things but i don't know and then then yeah like even like okay well i I spoke to so and so so i guess and that person falls into this checkbox so that means i every other person that's in this checkbox they have the exact same thoughts and I couldn't imagine if someone went up and uh, was like, okay, well, I spoke to another white uh, mm-hmm. guy. And so that guy obviously has every same thought that Rusty has. Yep. Um, yes. They, they, they all think the same. They, they got to mm-hmm. stick together. Like, no, not even not close yep. at all. Yep. Like, yeah, and I think that's something that's fucking hurting a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That this, uh, the, that every part of a a checkbox is one conscious thought, and I think that's kind of dangerous and yeah. can really be limiting and off to anyone who is not part of that. Well, even has that same, I mean, even if there's only two, uh, you know, two points of view in that one checkbox, if you're a part of that other, if you're in that checkbox and you're the other point of view, then you kind of get ostracized. And then you get, uh, like I saw it a bunch with, hmm. um, I mean, just even like with, uh, like the the BLM and uh, stuff of that nature, just like 
anyone who like all all the name calling and shit that went on after that for anyone who didn't have like that same uh like oh you 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 are yep part of this checkbox like yeah. you got to have that same thought you, you got to all stick together like wait hold on like mm -hmm. why can't i have my own my own thoughts here like yeah I, i'm an individual like i don't think the same as everybody else and you know like kind of fuck you for thinking that like just because yes. we 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 look alike or are in the same checkbox that we're all the same person mm -hmm. which is way more uh whatever yeah. prejudice or than and any yeah. other way of doing it like it's like so, yeah you probably all think alike yeah well so i want to i want to um add to that i actually it's very messed up but i i make a fun out of it um my business partner he's white and so i always almost a daily on a daily basis it's in a funny way <laughs> Um, I do kind of have those stereotypical conversations with him and tell him like, oh, yeah, you wouldn't understand since you're right. And, um, you know, he, he, right. he and I joke all the time. I have another like really good friend who's also very white and completely un like he acts very unwhite. I don't even know what that means. Right. Um, but he's right. just so opposite of that. And, you know, both of my friends and my business partners, well, they all grew up in California. I grew up in California. So we kind of have those stereotypical conversations because in California, it's, it's just such a boiling pot of different races. Um, my business partner, most of his life, uh, he kind of actually, he lived in San Diego. So he would go to Mexico like on a weekend if he wanted to, because it was only like 30 minutes away. Uh, from right. the border and I could jokingly call him a Mexican more he's more Mexican than he is American um, and same goes with my friend who acts nothing but like anything else but white and what right. is that what is being white you know um, we have our own those stereotypes of like oh this is how a, a white person should be or this is how a black person should be like well who says who says and who gives these stereo like stereotypes to people like it's funny but at the same time it's sad right like it's funny but it's really really actually sad that people really do like oh here's a white person oh I'm going to close off and I actually even experienced that when I am working with my business partner when we're out and about and I'll see how he's being treated as a white man if it's a somebody who is also his skin color they'll treat him far better than they would treat me but then there are other times when it is an immigrant or somebody of different color they would treat me better than they would treat him so it's very interesting to observe these things but it's also very telling and again it goes back to these individuals expose themselves based off of how they are being programmed and also manipulated on the based off of the media where are they getting this information oftentimes it's from the media yeah it just but shows yeah yeah go ahead no i was just gonna say it just shows how yes we have these stereotypes but where do they come from the media yay yeah. just again exposing people expose themselves by putting other people into these stereotypes and putting them into boxes and assuming that oh just because you're this color 
then you must be this. I was like, ah, you're just showing off how close-minded you actually are. And what? you should travel more often <laughs> and you should go out more often. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> There's conversations opening up though about mm -hmm. that though too, what you're doing. Yeah, it's by, by kind of joking around and however however it is and i think that's important too i mean uh that you can have that and not have to worry about stepping on eggshells to do that or you know having to worry about like oh, i don't really know how to say this but it's like it's someone that's your friend and they happen to be whatever like that's just how it is like it's okay to to acknowledge what's going on and like have conversations you know uh ask questions and know like they're not they're not the representative of whatever that checkbox is boxes sure. of they're they're your they're your friend right they're just they're just your friend and uh and it's it's funny i mean like yeah i could yeah i mean if i started doing that i would have probably different because i don't like anyone who's my friend usually is is pretty open to talk about whatever however whatever checkbox or check boxes they go into yeah are usually pretty open to talk about whatever and like it's just is it's what it is and it's not like and everyone's just you know an individual but going back to the individual is important that it's not you're just yes. talking to one group and everyone's the same and yeah well and you have to i don't even know what you have to do but i've always valued individualism uh, more than anything else i am not a fan of language um i know we need it um to, to communicate obviously with one another and um, get our point across essentially. But at the same time, I'm not a fan of um, all these groupings, right? Like politics, political parties, that's a group. They're just putting people into groups and again, creating these like stereotypes. Um, right. Same goes with races. Same goes with nationalities. We're, we're just grouping people. Same goes with gender. We're just grouping people. Religion is just another form of um, creating groups and, uh, you know, putting them like, again, going back to soci society and so sociology in general. And again, what are we really doing? We're really dividing people and putting them, throwing them in buckets, throwing them in groups and dividing people and saying, oh yeah, you can't hang out with those people because they're this, they're X, Y, Z, right? And they're, they're uh, more, uh, what is it? Um, inferior than we are. They're more superior than them. And it, it infuriates me. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm not a fan of language because again, why does it have to, why do we have to use language to create this identity for a group and even for the individual? Why? Like, I understand we need to build a community and I understand that these groups were created for individuals to feel like they're part of a community, but that just feels, again, form of manipulation in a way. So I've always been very passionate about when I'm meeting a person, I'm like, okay, clean slate i don't know this person i'm ready to be surprised 
that person, that individual has a story I probably don't know anything about. So I try my best whenever I am like out and about meeting any anybody um, or just, you know, anything. I try not to judge people because judging is a form of your own insecurities, your own programming that just comes up and you're like, oh, this person is X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Like these are all your thoughts. These are all your insecurities. If you really dig deep, these are all you thinking about these things, creating freaking weird stories about strangers you've never met or ever going to actually meet or get to know because you're so busy judging right when you can actually like be present stop the stupid bs story you're telling yourself trying to make yourself feel better by judging somebody and actually get your lazy butt up go introduce yourself and actually get to know that person and you would be so surprised to hear what they have to say and when you can actually go and embrace that individual as they are whatever color they are you'll start to learn so much about how life works and how this world works and how everything is bs especially if it's media sorry i'm like i'm not trying to hate on the media (laughs) but exposing the media yeah. yeah it makes sense and it's you know don't don't trust this neighbor. Don't don't yes. go to their house. If there's something that's going on, like make sure you go to someone uh, or, you know, like going back to whatever uh, the, you know, uh, it used to be back like 30 years ago, there used to be the houses that would be like, this is a, a, a house you can go to if, uh, I forgot what it was called. It wasn't it maybe a block house or something like a like a neighborhood watch house like you go here it's a safe place to go and then then like recently like you know last five ten years they you know if you don't have a sign up saying like you know we accept everyone unless you think differently than us uh kind of kind of a thing like you know like you know only go to these places or go to places like like why why are you doing that why are you you don't you don't know these people like they're they're why do you assume that they're inherently mm-hmm. bad people because they don't have a sign up but like i look back 30 years ago like the people that had those things up like why why did they have them up what were they trying to prove what were they like it seems like it's one of those like not quite like a free candy thing on a on a a van but it's like it's a weird weird thing of like why do you need to let people know that like you should just know like without having to put something up that's like don't be afraid of your neighbor like your neighbor could be your best friend and you you wouldn't know because they don't have something out front saying hey um i'm gonna be your friend and I think it it, it goes yeah. again. It goes it goes back to the media, right? I mean, just thinking about let's just go back to history. Um, fifty years ago, like the TV probably just started, but like before that, what did we have? We had the radio. Before that, what did we have? We had the newspapers. Before that, what did we have? What did we have before newspapers? 
Um, I, I don't know. Preachers, churches. Um, and so, you know, here's a man, a pastor, let's just call him that, preaching and he's very passionate and he really could be BSing and spitting hate. A lot of them do. Um, right. But, and it's so interesting. Like I love to observe politicians. And when I was at the Libertarian Party convention a few weeks ago, there were six candidates running for um, presidency. And out of the six, only one I could feel just energetically, he could be BSing for all I care. He could have spoken different language for all I care. They all could have, but he stood out the most. Um, Chase Oliver. I'm not sure if you've, you've heard of him, but he's one of the guys running as a, as a libertarian. And I'm hoping he gets elected, at least um, for the national level. Um, I don't even know how any of this stuff works, so please excuse me. But he stood out out of all the um, the candidates during that debate for the state convention, all because of his passion. And the way he communicated, the way he expressed himself, the way he energetically, like it, that really very much matters how you express yourself. Because if, yeah, you could, I guess words really do matter, but at the same time, you could be spitting hate. Like look at Hitler, right? Like, and look how much damage he has done all based right. off of his mannerism and the energy he presented to, um, to the population to invoke so much action within people. That takes a lot of talent. Um, and so going back to before the media, we had these evil preachers who were also creating a lot of separation and spitting all this negativity and spitting all their own knowledge that was passed on to them, right? And what did we have before that? What did we have before churches? Not not much. Not a lot of people even knew how to read books, right? They were right. illiterate. So again, I don't even know. It's uh, leadership. I guess it really goes down to leadership and the type of people who lead. And right now, I can just tell you, we don't have great leaders. I mean, look at the freaking climate of the world. What the hell? <laughs> it yeah. frustrates me. You know, like world peace is actually not that hard. It's not that hard to achieve. But the people need to be like, we need to all get together and just say enough. I am fucking done putting up with your shit. I am done voting for toxicity. I am done being the sheep. It really takes the people. But right now, it just feels very much like, I don't even know if they're asleep or maybe... And I think that's that's where I'm, um, I think it's because people are so manipulated into believing that their voice does not matter. That's why they don't really speak up because yeah. they're scared that their voice does not matter. And so that's why I'm passionate about getting involved in politics because I want to inspire individual action because it is all about the individuality individuals coming together fighting for the one thing world peace because it is very easy to achieve but we all have to believe that we all have the power 
to make that happen because it takes all of us to make that happen. Yeah. And I mean, with how many people who are very political wherever or not even when it gets down to the election and it's like, well, who are you going to vote for? It's like, well, if you vote for this third party, then it's taking away votes from from this other person. So I'm not going to vote for them, even though like I think this person is the, the best candidate. And that's yeah. been that way for, you know, uh, mm-hmm. since, you know, since I started and like, because, well, I mean, in Oregon, we knew that. Uh, what's his name? Fucking. Uh, what is it? John Kerry? Or was that 2000 George Bush and no Al Gore? We knew that Al Gore would win the Oregon one. So, but like vote and uh, you know I voted for uh, Ralph Nader who ended up getting five percent of the vote, the national vote, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just been so much like, like oh you know yeah like this person's great but like I don't want to vote for him because then it's yeah taking it's just they're just there to take away votes from uh mm-hmm. whoever the Republican or Democratic candidate yeah. is and it's like well that that's fucking stupid like that's mm-hmm. that that's a big problem right there just that like that yeah that somehow these two yeah, the, yeah, as South Park said, giant douche and third sandwich. Uh, yeah, you got you got to pick between one of them. But this third one is great. But somehow yes. it's going to be hurting one of those two and the lesser of two evil. Yes. Well, thing. and I've heard this for the last. I have no idea how long I've been a libertarian. Now I voted libertarian. I think at least the last for the last two presidential elections and there were a couple of times where I was told like, oh, you're going to throw your vote away. You know what? If that means I'm voting as a libertarian for a libertarian, I don't care. If this means I get to throw a big middle finger up and show the Democrats and the Republicans that I don't care about either of those property uh, properties, parties. Right, sort of, yeah. They are properties essentially. Yeah. But yeah. Um, if, if that's what my vote really means, what an honor it is to vote third party yeah it's an honor because if if that's what's going like think about that like if if you got like at least 51 percent of the people voting third party what a what an amazing middle finger beautiful very beautiful middle finger that would be to to our government like yes yes the people are finally waking up and they're saying screw the red and blue it's all about the third party it's all about giving the the underdog a chance the underdogs are actually the ones that are for the people because they understand what it's what it is to be the underdog which are the people (laughs) yeah because the blue and the white they're so far disconnected and you know they're they're just getting bribed left and right quietly maybe maybe out loud who knows um by these lobbyists and the people aren't doing anything about it well they're again they're just too busy wearing their golden handcuffs every day right monday through friday right. and then over the weekend they're crashing because they're too tired they're burnt out 
and then the cycle repeats itself. I don't know for how long, I guess 40 years until you retire. But it's like, is that a life? Is that really what you subscribe to? Really? I mean, it was the American dream. Really? I don't know what the American dream is now, but. That's not what, you know, and speaking of the American dream, when I came to America 21 years ago, I I really did believe the American dream and I still do. I'm living it, you know, and, and, and again, it shows, it made me realize that I didn't want to participate in the gold, golden handcuffs. Um, that's just not my style. Um, I think American dream is allowing people to be themselves going and following their passion, following their dreams. That's the American dream, not the clocking in and clocking out consumption, consuming unhealthy foods, getting drunk and shit faced and having to repeat the cycle you know again every single day like gosh that sounds depressing yeah that's and not the american dream that i was told about nor do i choose to subscribe to that idea so i do believe the american dream exists i just think the corporations in the political environment has just continuously has grown so corrupt and the people are blind to it that's the that's that's the difference that's really what's um that's what i think is happening and so when you came here were you speaking english at all or were you at nothing no i didn't speak english at all at all did you like so what what was it that got you speaking english American education system, yay, for the win. (laughs) It just came in with nothing? Were you in like a a not native speaker uh, class or? Yeah, so. um, Okay. So when I got to America, I I lived in San Francisco. I grew up in San Francisco. San Francisco, um, I'm not sure if you know, but it's it's a sanctuary city. It's a melting pot of all different types of races, nationalities. And so I would say about 95% of the population, maybe 90, uh, if I'm being generous, 90% of the population, they're all immigrants and they're all from somewhere. They're all transplants. Um, and so, yeah, in, in school, when I went to middle school, um, I was in the English second language program. So yeah, I loved my teachers. They were very patient, um, all American, all white. Um, yeah, and I loved my white American teachers. Um, they were very patient with us. And yeah, like, you know, especially rowdy <laughs> immigrant kids. Um, well, I guess they weren't rowdy. They're, we were obedient, I will say that. Since different cultures, you know, now you're coming to a foreign country, of course you have to be obedient. You have to respect the new culture, the new country rules. And yeah, that's what I love about, I love being a foreigner. Um, Well, I don't love it, but it's good to be a foreigner in another country because you come from a place of respect because you don't know the country, you don't know the culture. And I made sure to not disrespect the American culture 
I'm, I'm actually very grateful to America and I call and consider America my country far more than the country I was born in um, because America did give me the freedom that I have always desired. So yeah, America does have its pluses. It's just, again, it goes back to the political aspect of it. And I don't think, you know, I think politicians are actually the more and more time progresses they're trying to take away people's rights and that's what sucks because i actually came from a third world country where politicians really did a really good job making like instilling fear into their citizens and i see that through the people that come here coming that are, that come to america from my country i can see the fear i can feel the fear and it's very scary and it's real. Do you come across people from your country uh, mm -hmm. where you are now? Or do you? Not in Charleston, per se, but um, I do. I have come across a few of them. And yeah, like, th there's a lot of fear in expressing how they think, how they feel, especially when it comes to government conversation like this would be really troublesome because we spent about almost an hour just talking about the government and the political environment and how the media is uh, and the corporation and the, the politicians and how they all manipulate using the media like this if we if we were to have this exact conversation in Turkmenistan one this would not be aired two both of us would probably disappear by the end of this year just so you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, nobody would know what happened. You know, we just went on vacation and just disappeared. Never came back. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's frightening. And like, there's so many people who will say like, oh, yeah, like, we're, we're so not free here. We can't, like, we can have, we're having this conversation right now, like, without, you know, any repercussion of yeah. anything. We're just, we're having it, and um, and so back to when you were learning uh, English, or so, did you were you able to speak? Uh, did you have to speak all English when you came into the class, or? Oh yeah. There, there was like once you come in the class, it's all English. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was talking with my friend uh, Amanda, and she's a teacher at a at a college teaching, uh, you know, English for, you know, second or third language or whatever yes. it may be. Uh -huh. But they don't they don't do that anymore. Like you can go in, you can still like learn. Like you can still talk in your own language. It's not like you you walk in the door. You have to. Cause I remember like when I took Spanish or I took Russian. It was like you can't. You walk in this door. You don't speak anything but it. Like you gotta. Mm -hmm. This is how yep. you're gonna learn. But it doesn't seem to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's something a little different now. But that's also Portland, Oregon. So um, well, you never this know. This is this was before. Well, when I came, we didn't have technology like that. And the people who had the dictionary had money. 
um, like digital dictionary. You know, we didn't have technology, right? We didn't have iPhones and Androids. This was before right. the iPhone came out. Um, so the highest technology was like a digital dictionary or a GPS, right? Like, do you remember those? Um, I do. <laughs> yeah, like high tech. Ooh. But like that, re that required you to have money. And I remember, you know, I, I didn't come from family of money. I We couldn't afford a digital dictionary. It's just go and figure it out. If you want to look a word up, bring a freaking book with you, like a physical dictionary book. And I don't know. I mean, I survived. Luckily, it was I was also this was middle school. So I was a kid. And people say kids absorb foreign languages much faster than adults do. So it was easier for me to comprehend and pick up on uh, the language versus for my mom. It took her at least a good 15 years to at least feel comfortable communicating without anxiety uh, and the fear of being misunderstood. And she, she, to this day, you know, we've been in America for 21 years now. Even to this day, she still has anxiety of feeling that she will be misunderstood because she has a thick accent. And it's like, embrace it. Embrace yourself and embrace that you speak multiple languages. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. Like, yeah, that's a... Not something a lot of people can do, especially Americans. Yeah, well, uh, I, I, yeah. And the ego, you know, within the Americans that I've noticed, I've experienced a lot far more racism. And people will ask me, like, oh, is South Carolina racist? And I'm like, really, it's not as racist as San Francisco is. Um, San Franciscans are far, I don't even know, like, I guess they're condescending. They're like, oh, I hear an accent. And um, the word you're using, it's inappropriate. And I'm like, well, why don't you yeah. love yourself um, and, uh, you know, go learn a new language and then come back to me and let's have another conversation in Russian, you know, because, hey, at least you understand what the hell I'm trying to say rather than trying to make me look stupid. And again, it, it comes from a place of ego. They're trying to make themselves look superior. And again maybe something within them feels threatened that they have to put an individual down. Um, and if that's the case, I mean, again, geez, they're exposing themselves, but that yeah. was my story, my not story, but my experience in San Francisco. Whereas in South Carolina, people will say like, Hey, I hear an accent. Where are you from? And I'm like, shit, where am I from? Yeah. Like, which answer do you want me to give you? Because I'm from two places now. I'm from Turkmenistan and I'm from San Francisco. They're like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, yeah, this is interesting. But like, nobody ever says, uh, nobody has put me down in South Carolina or said anything racist to me. Um, not like San Francisco has, which is very interesting. That's kind of what I hear a lot about this house. Really? Like, people say always, like, Everywhere I've lived has been in the north. Like I, the the furthest south I've lived is Salt Lake City, which is not very southern. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, always thinking like, oh, the south is so racist. Like that's what the whole south is. There's a bunch of racist people. But like, yeah, looking back, like I mean, like, uh, like Portland, Oregon, uh, up, you know 
until kind of recently it was the i don't know it still is but uh it was so it had always been like the most uh segregated city in the country mm-hmm. and uh but there's always like okay it's such a welcoming place but like hey if you're uh this checkbox you're gonna go live over here if uh mm-hmm. you're this checkbox can live over here and uh yeah and so have you talked about on a podcast why when you left uh when you came to america have you talked about it i don't want to like i don't know if you've talked about it like i don't want to like be like okay she's already said this like on a bunch of no podcasts but i I, i'm curious i i want to know i want to know your story when I came to America, so yeah. I came in 2002, um, it was around June, about a year, almost a year after 9-11. Um, so what was so that like then? It was interesting. Luckily, I didn't really have like a very Muslim name, um, but I knew that other people with very heavily Muslim names, they were far more stereotyped and, you know, held back. Um I got lucky with my mom based off of our skin color as well as our name. It didn't really have like a, it had a Middle Eastern name, but not like very heavy um, for us to be red flagged, I guess, by the, I don't know, what do you call those? The TSA? Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, yeah. Um, I came to San Francisco not knowing any English with my mom. And um, yeah, San Francisco definitely taught me a lot in terms of different cultures and adaptation. I didn't realize that I was living in my own little bubble of San Francisco. And, you know, you, you watch all this news about, oh, how America's racist or sexist or very religious. And I'm like, that's not how San Francisco is you know I'm thinking San Francisco is America and again didn't realize until I came to South Carolina a few years ago that oh wow I really did live in a bubble and I really did I was very spoiled in terms of everything cultures and different races the food uh, the environment it was all so different Um, but I also love the I love South Carolina and I love the lifestyle, the low country lifestyle. It's very laid back and people are respectable. Not, you know, and over the few years, I mean, the population has grown so vast and so fast. Um, It's starting to a little bit starting to remind me of San Francisco, where it was always the hustle and the bustle. And it's always the rat race. Go, go, go. Um, when I first moved to South Carolina, it was very slow paced, which I loved. It was very peaceful. And now it's starting to pick up a little bit. And you can see all these transplants coming to Charleston and the kind of ruining it's um, the culture, which I hate. I love like if I'm going to move somewhere, I love to respect the the culture that that city has established. Like, I think that's the best way to show appreciation to the new place that you are residing in in order and it's showing respect and appreciation is just a a form of you know saying hey i want to be a part of your community rather than 
bringing your own trauma of like if you grew up in New York or San Francisco and you're always zooming through all the streets and running the red lights or what whatever honking at people like it's you're exposing yourself actually if you do all these things in Charleston in South Carolina because the locals they don't act like that at all they're very nice they're very cordial they will let you go on roads they will say thank you they will say have a good day like ah it's it's beautiful and delicious and when people don't do that like it's so obvious they're not from here and it's obvious that they don't have the respect or the love for the for the city and that sucks so the people sometimes ruin these things where are they coming from? Sorry, <laughs> I, it sounded you sounded like like it was like the stereotypical Californian. What what I hear is like yeah. when you know when yeah. they come over, like yes. at least on the West Coast, that's what it was. It was like they're gonna come over, everything's gonna be their way, their way is kind of right, but you're doing it kind of the opposite way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they come from California, New York, Phil. Uh, Pennsylvania if you've got Texas mm, yeah some people from Texas we got Oregon um we got Ohio for sure uh those are mostly the ones that come to South Carolina yeah, yeah. it's it's uh I think I said that. <laughs> yeah it's, it's odd that it's like hard to just get in like yeah, I kind of felt that way. I had a hard time though in Salt Lake City doing that, and I felt like kind of a, kind of a dick there. Mm. But the other places, I felt like I was able to very much blend in and not like stick out too much and try to embrace what's what's going on. Um, yeah, and, I think, yeah, it's important. I think it takes an open-minded person to to just be, observe, and sh- show respect to the community because it's, it's a you know if you think about it, um, you're coming from another state. Like let's say your home state. Like for me, San Francisco was my home. I come to South Carolina. I'm not just going to go and bring my San Francisco um, ideology and opinions. And I mean, yes, I have my experiences of San Francisco. Yes, there's some things that South Carolina and Charleston lacked. And it actually inspired me to go into the direction that I did within my career. Um, But at the same time, when it came to the cultural aspect of it, of, you know, living the slow paced life, driving the minimum uh, limit, <clears throat> even the maximum limit of speed, um, you know, just being respectful. It's, it's almost like when you come to somebody else's house, you're not just going to act like you're at your house. Um, right. Show... So- show 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 that you have manners you're a guest you know yes you've got a place here at this new place at this new city yes you're in this new adventure you're exploring 
but again show your manners and don't be a jerk when you come to a new city like learn to adapt and learn to appreciate and if you can help and elevate the community however you can do that but don't try to bring all the bad habits from a city that you left and think that you just identify this new city when you're the problem that everybody else left (laughs) from the city that you're in you know so it's like don't add to it like elevate and rich so yeah and i mean when someone says you know make yourself a home you don't go and uh start you know i don't know like uh whatever wiping your your snot all over the it's weird yeah couch yeah a little weird but that yeah. was what I could think of. I was going to probably say something worse, but I was like, well, okay, no. I guess, yeah. Wipe your snot. But um, whatever, okay. whatever it may be, um, you know, like you make yourself at home, but like not literally. You yeah. don't literally make yourself at home. You make yourself at home under what's respectful to them and making them feel comfortable because it's their, yeah. their place, their they have to they have to live there even if you don't you can move yeah. and it's still going to be their place that's true that's very true and again if you're moving yes your move has helped with their economic development um but that being said again thinking about how are you contributing to the local economy are you helping grow or are you really degrading it and you know again just the last few years that i've been in charleston like the my first year here it was amazing it was very quiet essentially in a way and by year two and year three the traffic has increased and so has the crime and the crime it's very interesting because i didn't hear about it in my first year when i moved here and all of a sudden it has increased and it just makes me think, is the crime made by the locals? Is this the crime made by the transplants? I don't know, you know? Um, and they don't say these things either on the news, right? Right. So, yeah, it just, uh, it just sucks, you know, when you, you have all those activities happening. So, and so I mean, so when you're, you're out uh, making... Charleston the best it can be Uh, how are people gonna find you to be able to do that to be able to maybe send send some uh, business your way or to send a vote your way or to say hello to Aya yeah that's a great question so I mean they can find me online um, as ayahodra.com I think that should work um, I am on all social media platforms, and now that I think about it, I think I should be should have my own traditional approach and have flyers hanging around so people know. Um, I think that's a bad idea. So maybe that's a twenty twenty four goal. Yeah. Yeah. You'll yeah. be the only one probably with flyers. Um, yeah, you're right. So I should be take over those street street posts. Yes. All right. There you go. So you know, yeah. Paint paint the town uh, with, right. with your face. Yes, let's do it. 
I love it. Vote oh, Aya. Yeah. <laughs> All for it. Yes. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for being on. And uh, yeah, happy we got to have this conversation. And yeah, yeah always a pleasure. And well, uh, Valentine's Day. So yes. Valentine's Day is next. So well, we'll we'll get you get you here then and we'll we'll have our, our Valentine's Day. Yes. And, <laughs> Thank yeah. you for having me here, Rusty. You, you, it's always a pleasure. You're welcome. Absolutely right. likewise. All right. All right. That's Aya Hojadova. So you guys hit her up, check her out. I like talking with her. I like uh, having her on here always a good time so thank you everyone so much for checking out the rusty diamond podcast network and that is the show man boom It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker.